0: Hey friends, welcome to the Handyman Success Podcast. Uh, we are here basically to hear from other handymen and basically share their stories with you uh, in hopes to teach and inspire you. So today, uh, I am here, my name is Alan Lee, here with my co-host, Jason Call, and we are uh, blessed to be here today with Brian Davis, out of florida so uh let's go ahead and throw it over to you brian you want to introduce yourself let us know uh, who you are where you're located and what you do for a living we'd love to hear it
1: well i want to start off by saying i'm the one who's blessed i'm honored to be here with you guys i've been excited all day so my name's brian davis i was born and raised in bonita springs florida and i live right on the outskirts of bonita springs and estero florida and I own and operate complete maintenance and home watch services. And we've been in business full time since probably about April 2020. Um, I really count this year as my first year because last year was was so wacky and I had some personal stuff going on. So this is the first year where I'm really looking at it as, you know, how is the business doing?
0: Awesome. Awesome. So so, so, sorry to cut you off. Um, so, do you want to tell us a little bit about uh, kind of how you got started or why you went ahead and started? Um, we, can kind of, we can kind of make some, some guesses because last year was 2020, but uh, you want to kind of go ahead and let us know why you started the business and kind of how you got started?
1: Absolutely. So, I grew up, my father was a business owner. He owned a, a painting contracting business in the town south of us, Naples, Florida. And I grew up in a shop from like a really young age. Every summer, I'd be in the shop. I'd be earning money, sanding, painting, doing all sorts of stuff like that. And my dad, he hated drywall work. So that was something that I learned really quickly because he'd have me do that when I was out and about. So
2: I was naturally,
1: (laughs) yeah, he he was. he's one of the best, man. He's one of the best. So naturally, I I grew up kind of in the trades. My dad was a really handy type guy. And um, I always was involved in some sort of trades. I worked at Sherwin Williams for a while. I worked as a maintenance man for a, a local organization for a while. And I was really trying to work my way up um, with that nonprofit organization, the Art Center. I was trying to figure out a way to get out of maintenance and earn more money. So while I was working for them, I put myself through school and I got a degree in psychology. And I focused a lot on industrial organizational psychology like the psychology of like kind of business and motivating people, leadership, stuff like that, because I I knew really quickly I wasn't going to make any money in psychology if I wasn't a doctor. So I switched my focus over to that and um, just tried to work my way up, but it never really happened. So when the Corona uh, in 2019, actually, the end of 2019, I started this business on the side as a way to make more money. I had a daughter now. I needed some more income. And when the coronavirus hit, everybody got sent home for like two weeks. Um, It was even longer for us. It was like a month. And when they wanted me to come, and that's when I really started doing the handyman work. I put myself out there and I was working every single week during that lockdown. And when it was time to come back, it was like, your new job is sanitation. (laughs) Sanitize everything all day. And it was just a long time coming. So I respectfully resigned. And I've been going at this thing ever since.
2: Awesome. So where, uh, where was your business at? Like, if you don't mind sharing kind of like revenue wise that month when you were like, all right, I'm not going to be sanitizing. I want to work on uh, my business full time. Um, If you can kind of like shed a little bit more light on the details of like where you were in that, in that kind of like decision and um, kind of just what that was like for you to leave that, that you know, stable paycheck job, um, and, and go full time into your handyman and home watch company?
1: Well, I was terrified. I I was terrified. Um, even more so once I did it and and started getting the ball rolling, but easily in the month of April, I made as much as I made at the art center, um, in probably like two weeks, like one job was like two weeks of pay. Um, so, so I saw where this could go quickly with not knowing really anything about business, not knowing anything about my pricing, just looking at a job and saying, I want this much for that. Um, So I knew there was something there. And I knew at, you know, I was 30 years old, then if I didn't go after it now, I was going to be 40. And looking back thinking, I, I should have at least tried that I can always get a job in maintenance, you know, I have a degree. So I really wanted to go for it, Um, and that first month, I I easily made as much as I made at the art center, and that was really the deciding factor. Was I saw how much money I could make when I I didn't even really have a business set up. I had the LLC and, and the licensing and insurance, but I had no foundation, no no business set up other than just the legal requirements. And that year, 2020 was a wild year because coronavirus slowed everything down a lot, and then. I decided at the end of the year to have a knee surgery that I had needed for like five years. So I took November and December completely off, even into January of this year, just to recover from it. So that was like, it was just a really weird year last year.
0: Wow. Wow. That's awesome, man. That's so cool to hear um i know that you know a lot of our um, a lot of our audience are people that are you know looking to start up a handyman business or maybe they've been in it for a few months so i think that kind of information is definitely valuable so what are some of the things that you did in in that first few months of your business uh to really maximize productivity and make sure that you could get your name out there and start you know getting more clients in
1: well in the, in the first um the first few months i got linked up with you And that's not a sales pitch. That's what I did. I did that marketing funnel class. I forget when that was, but it wasn't very long into my business um, being full time. And I did that marketing funnel class and I went after it. I had some savings saved up. So I invested a little bit in the advertising and building the platforms and getting myself at least a a uniform that was um, better than just a random t-shirt. And I really put everything into that marketing funnel, and I I put some money into advertisement when I was like really afraid to. I didn't know if it would work, um, but I just followed the steps that you guys had laid out. And it took a little while. It was um it was it's it was scary. It was frustrating in the beginning. You know, you go through the emotions of it, feeling like a failure, feeling like um, just just low for a while, you know, because you'd get a job and you'd feel real high and then it'd be slow for a while. But after about that 90 day mark, um, maybe four months or so phone calls just started coming in, you know, and and now I was at least putting myself in front of these people. Even if I didn't win the bid, I was out doing business. And that was a really big thing for me when the phone started ringing.
0: That's so awesome, man. That's awesome. So what are those, if you don't mind sharing, what are those first few things that you invested in as far as marketing goes, those first few months that that maybe took four months or so to pay off? You know, what would you say those are? Those are the number one things, like if someone was watching this and like, okay, Brian, like this is awesome where you're at. But yeah, where do I get started?
1: Well, you have to get your social media going. So if you're on Facebook, you need to have a business Facebook page. If you have Instagram, you need to do that. You need to get on all of the free platforms: Nextdoor, Yelp, Home Advisor, Angie's List. Even if you're not going to pay for the platforms, you need to be on those because, like you guys know, it's it's generating your footprint on the internet and, and making you known as somebody who's reputable. Look, he's all over these places. So I, I did those things. I started posting every day on Facebook. I started marketing myself to everybody and anybody. I didn't care how silly I looked, how inexperienced it might've come off. i put myself out there. And and I started a paid platform. I started paying Angie's List. And I liked Angie's List because it was a little bit different from the other ones. You didn't have to pay per bid. You paid a little bit more per month and you could do whatever you wanted on their platform. And they would fish you the leads that through working with your success manager, you would, uh, you know, get into a certain category and it would only fish you those type of leads. So it's just tweaking that. And that really kind of took me off was the Angie's list because I felt a little bit higher end clients were on Angie's list and I instantly made a lot of return clients through Angie's list. So I would say number one after like Facebook was Angie's list because the Facebook put me on the map for people that I knew. So they know that I'm doing this now.
2: Yeah, something I want to commend you with, Brian, too, is uh you tested and tweaked and you were patient and you were diligent with spending money on your marketing. Uh, you know, you mentioned there was like three months before you felt that like consistent traction, but you stuck with it. You know, you tried different platforms. You found one where the lead quality, like you were gauging, you know, the quality of leads and the number of leads you're getting from Angie's List and identified that as like, this is working well for me. So that's that's what i encourage anyone listen to this is you know it might not be angie's list for you uh you know it might not be yelp it might not be good it it might not be you know anyone else's story but Anyone that has went through this, they've, they've tried, they've tested. I know honestly's Lee's tried everything um, so and, and identified what works well for you. So um, I commend you for sticking with it and, and doing that testing, tweaking, and not getting discouraged after two weeks. You know, it's like, oh, I spent $200 and I haven't gotten anything. I'm done. Like <laughs> you owe it to yourself and your business to stick with it. And so I commend you for that.
1: I appreciate that. And there was a lot of discouragement. Um, but I'm a fighter. Um, you know, if I haven't been taken out by now, this this isn't gonna <laughs> stop me. So um, yeah. it was just pushed forward. And I knew that the market was out there. And I knew the market for a professional handyman, which is what what I am, was there. You know, I knew that I brought something very valuable to the table, and it was just gonna take some time to build it
2: mm. and And one thing, too, I want to point out, uh, you mentioned like building that like footprint. Um, And I know you've done an awesome job getting like Google reviews on your Google My Business. And so just a pro tip out there and to kind of explain this really quickly for for listeners with Brian mentioned this footprint getting on all these free platforms. So um, and which I'm sure you've gotten more calls from like Google Maps your Google My Business listing. Um, And the reason being of Brian creating all these free profiles like Google has a folder of your business. And in that folder, they see your website. They see Google Maps. They see Angie's List, Yelp, all these things. And. The thicker that folder is, the more mentions of your business, the more places you are, the more authority that you're communicating to to Google, to search engines, and so you are going to have more visibility. More people are going to find you, um, and especially if you've got that like that paid ad source, like you did through Angie's List. Yeah it's that's how things compound and you know after three months you're like oh my gosh it's like zero to a hundred from you know two months ago to here we are now so uh that's it, it makes sense in in how you started and stuck with it and now that traction's really built up um on that note too so um we haven't gotten to, so th- we kind of covered a little bit where you started, uh, knee surgery, uh, might get into that a little bit in, mm-hmm. in the future. Cause that's, that's quite a journey, like three months off of work as a business owner. Um, but where are you at right now in your business?
1: So right now, um, it's myself and I have one employee who's he's full time. He gets about 25 to 32 hours a week. I'm trying to keep it up at the 30 hour mark, but he works every day with me. We try to keep it around six hours a day, so it's him and I, my truck, my trailer. I also have a van if we need it, but usually we're riding around together because um, he's really skilled in his, in the technical terms and the craftsmanship. But I really want to teach him, um, you know, my way of doing things in terms of customer service and how we act and treat the clients. So we're we're driving around together right now. Awesome, and That's I say awesome. I. Yeah, it's, it's been great. You know, that was something that was really nerve wracking too, because you start to make it in your business. You start to be able to pay your bills and have a little bit of money, but you find out like, I can't really do much more than what I'm doing. I'm not able to get the estimates done quickly. I'm not able to take on any more work physically by myself. So you bring on a guy and at first you don't really know how you're going to do it. You just know, okay, I'll take less money right now and we'll figure it out. And maybe there's a better way of going about that. But that's how I did it. Um, but then really quickly, I, I linked up with the guys in the business builders group and and made sure I was charging enough to supplement most of his income. Hmm.
0: Definitely. I, th- I think it all relies back to what, or relates back to what you talked about earlier, was investing, right? I think that's really what business is wildly all about. And I love how you, you, know, you made it a, a point to Talk about how you invested in marketing, you know, there at, you know, month one, month two, even though it didn't show up until month four, right? That's really what investing is, is it's, it's putting in the hard work now and maybe taking a little bit less, you know, from the business now in hopes for better and greater things in the future. You know, I think that's one thing that you've definitely shown through the whole marketing is because, you know, with marketing in general, right, it, it takes, you know, 90 days for the marketing that you do on average to kind of pay off, you know? So I think it's important to continually be investing. And then right now you're investing in the employee, right? So I think sometimes, like I was listening to Gary Vee the other day, and sometimes in order to make it to the next level in something, you need to invest. You need to take a cut in some sense in hopes for a better future. You know, and I think that's awesome. That's exactly what we're doing. And I think getting the the right things in place right now, um, may not completely make sense at the moment, but I think you're laying the foundations for that to pay off, which I think is absolutely huge. Well,
1: that's a huge thing is exactly like you said it, setting it up now where you want to be in three to five years, because you're going to get there. And then you don't want to be scrambling to figure everything out. And it doesn't all make sense right away because you're like, well, I don't need to pay for this and that right now. But at the end of the day, you're going to get there quicker than you know, if you stick to it and you're going to be busy during that time. So invest in that stuff now, set it up the right way. um, And I'm preaching to myself, you know, um, (laughs) and and build it so that when it's time, it can work for you and make your life easier because you're going to be out there working. So it's just smart to do that.
0: Mm -hmm. That's huge. So, so in this whole journey, What would you say, I mean, you already mentioned some things about, you know, some knees and stuff like that, but what would you say is like your biggest struggles that you faced both in business and personal, like even take us back to at the beginning of 2019 or at the end of 2019, when you were doing this on the side, what are some struggles you set you found there? And then what are some struggles you found when you first, you know, decided to quit and take the leap?
1: So my, my biggest struggles probably when I first started and had it on the side was not knowing what to do with anything, not knowing how to get clients, not knowing what to charge, Um, only doing work that I know I've performed before, just super inexperienced. And then, you know, lugging around a a right leg that was on fire all the time. Um, A lot of uh, uh, injuries that I carried with me from from a younger age into business, um, they kind of showed themselves a lot as you're working out and about every day. Um, so those were like my main struggles. I don't think the struggles really began until I went full time, because that's when it all became you know much more important that I that I do the things right and make the income that can provide for my family. And once that happened, I would say. Once I really got going with it, the biggest struggles was in Florida, the licensing. The licensing is so strict, so stringent. Everything has a, a contractor's license. It's like this contractor, everything has it. So I was really, really limited. Um, and then getting that knee surgery done was something that had to happen. So that, those were probably my biggest struggles in the beginning and just staying with a good mindset because it's rough in the
0: beginning. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So, so if you had to give someone a few tips on, because I know that you're huge into, you know, mindset and, you know, anxiety and things like that. So if you had to give someone like three tips, you know, to overcome kind of that anxiety and those struggles at the very beginning, what would you, what would you say would be your, your top three tips for someone?
1: You have to have a why. You have to have something bigger than yourself that you're doing it for because we always can cut corners when it's for ourselves. So have a why. um, Have a support system. Have people that you can go to when you're feeling down and you can talk to them and people that understand your vision and also support your vision because not everybody's going to support your vision in the beginning. Um, And it might not be your family. It might be your friends that have ideas to do something on their own and be an entrepreneur, but definitely have a support system. And three would have to be my third advice would be stay the course, you know, give yourself enough time, um, to let this plant grow before you start thinking about, you know, giving up or anything like that, you know, give yourself time, you know, be, be cool with yourself. You know, don't beat yourself up all day, every day. And if you do try to do it with your support system around,
0: Mm -hmm. man, that's
1: because that's That's what, that's what helped me was, was my fiance. I would come home and I'd be in my garage and I would just be really upset. And at that time in my life, my anxiety was at an all time high. Um, I deal with obsessive compulsive disorder. I have my whole life that was at an all time high. Um, because just all new things were going on and everything was so important. So I'd be in the garage just really talking bad about myself, feeling bad, feeling like a failure. And and she just never listened to it. She'd let me have my spiel. And then she'd say, hey, you know, well, well you're doing the right things. You're connected with the right people. Give it time. Like we planned on this. You can do this. And she helped me so much, you know.
0: Man,
2: that's, that's awesome. awesome. Yeah, I, I resonate with that. Uh, like for my my personal story is, you know, not most people are not going to support your um, decision to like leave a job, leave security to start a business. Um, and not that they'll directly not support it, but, uh, you know, they're kind of like, oh, okay. Yep, well, at least you're employable. <laughs> that's a funny, like in my family, my mom actually said that like, well, at least he's employable. He's got a degree. <laughs> uh, and so you know, ha- all I had was my wife who, who believed in me. Um, so that, that certainly resonates with me. So be prepared. Anyone listening, if you're starting, like, it's okay. <laughs> if you know you have all these doubts, um, if it's in your heart, you have that why support system, uh, like Brian was saying, I mean, go get out and do it. Cause you're only going to, um, look back at, in the future and be like, oh, what would have happened if I did that? Um, one of, one of my coaches, he used to be a uh, some kind of specialist in the medical field. And so he worked, he saw a lot of people die Hmm. and a common thing he said, people talked about was business ideas, things that they wanted to try and they just weren't able to, they didn't do it. And they reflected on that. And so, um, it's, it's amazing to hear like those stories, like Brian starting and then like, you know, having these issues, but here you are now, like you're training up somebody else in your company and, uh, like got over three months off with the knee surgery. So it's, it's amazing to kind of look back at that and then where you are now.
1: I appreciate that.
0: Yeah, that, that's really exciting. I mean, that, that makes me think about something that I'm really passionate about in, in legacy building, you know, like you are literally changing the legacy you know, for yourself, your family, your employees, families, like it's huge, you know? So I think, I think I love those three things that you, that you put out was you have to know why you're doing it. You know, if you don't know why you're doing it, what's the point? You have to have a support system. You have to surround yourself with like-minded people, you know, like Jim Rohn says, you know, you become the average of the five people you hang around with, you know? So maybe start asking yourself hey who am i hanging around with and do i really want to be the average of those people <laughs> and if you want to be the average of someone else start hanging out with those kinds of people um and then stay the course i mean man if we had if we had given up on stuff life would be completely different you know um so that's really what it's all about is stay in the course and stick into what you want to do and the vision that you have you know because there's going to be like jason said there's going to be all those people that don't believe in you um, at the end of the day, really all that matters is that you believe in yourself. You know, I think that comes from step one, you know, having a why um, and then having a good support system and staying the course. I think that's so huge. And I really appreciate you sharing that, Brian. That's really, really huge. So learning from the biggest struggles that you've had, what, what would you say have, have been the biggest wins that you've experienced in both your business and personal life?
1: My My biggest win? would have besides putting my footprint on this community and having some of my client, most of, all of my clients really love me, um, help me to feel like, okay, I know what I'm doing is working. Um, and my, my other biggest success would have to be linking up with my mentor, um, who's here local. He's a general contractor and he's really been guiding me and helping grow me up so that one day I can, um, test for my general contractor's license. And that'll open up a a whole new door and world into what I'm able to do. So that would have to be like my biggest wins. And and then having the, the time to do the things that I need to do in terms of you're really busy when you start a business. So don't think I got all this time, but I can plan my schedule in a way that I'm able to wake my daughter up every day and get her ready for school and drop her at school and if i need to be off for something i can tweak my schedule and, and be where i need to be on time those are those are huge wins and huge things that you want in business and when they start to happen man it feels great
0: yeah that that's exciting so i um, you mentioned looking for a mentor right i think that could also be something that people might get caught up in if i i love i'm going back to those steps that you brought up You know, so say someone, you know, they have a why. They know why they're doing something, Um, but they're struggling to find a support system. How would you recommend and how did you even find a mentor in your local area? Or how do you find people that that will support you in what you're doing?
1: Well, for me, I'm a man of faith and I, I know the Lord connected me with my mentor. But you need to put yourself out in your community with, like you said, like minded people So go into different um, business meetings for your community, like your local chamber of commerce. Go look at the people um, on social media that are maybe doing the same things that you're doing. Go to local when the realtors get together. Just sit back, let them do their whole thing. And then at the end of it, start talking to people. Um, Put yourself out there. It's one of the most difficult things to do. Um, But you have to do it. You know, a lot of people, they struggle with anxiety or they struggle with not wanting to look silly. But we only know what we know. And in order to know something further than that, you have to have someone that brings it to you. You know what I mean? Especially in the world of of like business and self-improvement. You need other people that have been through some of the stuff that you're going through to help you get through it. Like my mentor always says, he says, like, you know. The things that I'm teaching you, I either paid to learn or I got hurt learning them. So that's why you see the value in this, because you're able to learn the things without getting hurt all of the time to learn them. That's something that's kind of stuck with me.
2: Awesome. I, I want to point out um, Chamber of Commerce, uh, Realtor Associations, that is a huge untapped opportunity for most businesses, most industries, but certainly uh home repair. Um, if you are new or if you are kind of like part-time trying to fill up your schedule and struggling to get new leads, um, join your chamber of commerce. Uh join your realtor association. There's there's one everywhere. You can join as affiliate member, show up to their meetings and network with um all of your ideal customers you know maybe it's not realtors but the chamber of commerce is full of other business owners and community leaders they all have friends they all have family locally and they want to support your local business especially just a brand new business someone getting out there like they probably took one look at you brian like oh man this guy's so nervous to be here uh because they looked at me in that way too uh but they step up to the plate and support you uh that 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 was my story and i me getting started was the local chamber of commerce supported me, uh, promoted me, um, cause I was unique and no one was doing what I was doing. And I guarantee you there's 99% there's not a handyman and your local chamber of <laughs> commerce and they all desperately need a reliable one.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Cause that's that untapped market is the professional handyman that that is as professional as it gets, you know, and it, I don't, it doesn't mean that other handyman aren't great. They don't do have great craftsmanship. They don't do every job great, but it's that professionalism. That's that punctuality. It's being able to be in, in that group and speak and maybe not speak, but just put yourself in that group because it takes effort, you know, mm-hmm. to, you have nothing to do. So you're going to go to the chamber of commerce. You could sit at home and do whatever, but just be in there shows how much you care.
0: hmm Definitely, definitely. I, th- I think one thing that I wanted to highlight was, um, you know, we have we have a, a Facebook group. We have, uh, for one, the Handyman Journey Mastermind group on Facebook, uh, full of you know five thousand plus handyman from all around the world. So if you if you are looking to get into this, I think that would be a great thing. I know a lot of people have met handymen that are in their same town, right? And I think uh, the the cool thing about the Handyman Journey and what we're creating. Is we're creating a different type of handyman, like like Brian said, we're we're creating the professional handyman, right? Um, like our goal is to take the handyman business to where you know the HVAC and plumbing industry is right now. So in five to ten years, it will be there. Um, and I think with that, it changes the whole thought where you don't have to be scared to talk to the handyman that's you know one town over, but actually you can learn a lot from him. You know, you could partner with him. You can help him grow. He can help you grow. Right. So that's a way of creating that type of community, um, in handyman. I mean, for instance, and we also have, you know, the, the handyman success mastermind group on Facebook, which is a, a new group that we've just created. And that's specifically, you know, geared to talk about marketing and business growth. Um, so I think that that is another amazing way to, um, you know, grow in this kind of community and surround yourself with like-minded people. Mm. Um, yeah, I think that's huge. Um so so Brian uh, let's get a little bit back to your business. Where would you where would you like to see your business in a year, in 3 years or 5 years? What would you say is kind of your goal or vision for that?
1: So in in a year from now, I would like to see my employee out on his own, um utilizing the truck that I have now and the trailer that I have now, have me in another vehicle so that I can be there if I need to help him or be out estimating, running around. And, you know, just past that year, I'd like to have him have a helper, maybe even within a year, have him have a helper that's maybe he's working part-time or even 1099 or however we need to do it. Um, And probably like three to five years from now, I would like to see my employee now doing more of an oversight role of maybe two other full-time employees um, that's more maybe like five years from now. Um, and then he'll be there to help them when it's maybe a little bit more of a technical job or a job that we need to get done really quickly, but have him more in a role of doing the jobs that are super technical on his own, or maybe even like little punch list items. So he's out moving around, doing that stuff, overseeing what they do so that I can be out by that time, general contracting, subcontracting work, checking on those jobs that I have going on and networking and estimating full time. And by that time, I'd like to see my fiance working full time as our are picking up our phone calls. I forget. What's that?
0: CRP. CRM. Yep. That's
1: CRM. Having her fair. do that. And also all of our home watch because that's really her division is the home watch.
2: So, um, I. Quick question on that. So you, your like passion, what you want to be in is more like managing the business and networking, getting out there and estimating rather than being like in the field in the day-to-day?
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I love doing the work. I love when a project gets completed, you put something back and boom, there it is. I I love that. But ideally, I, I don't want to be working so hard you know, in terms of physicality, I would like to be estimating. I'd like to be mentoring other guys. I'd like to be general contracting and in the position that my mentor is in where he's got younger guys that he's bringing up and taking to the next level. That's really my passion is helping other people. Um, I've had a lot of tough stuff in my life. And if I didn't have people that helped me through it, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. So really, my passion is helping other people
0: that's exciting man that's huge dude I love it um, <laughs> so so what are your what are the the necessary goals to get you there right like so if if we go back to you know uh, the beginning of 2020 you just started your business and you saw where you wanted your business to be and it took you four months to get there right you needed to start and you you knew what you needed to start doing you need to start investing in this marketing. To get you to where this is going to pay off. So, where do you, what steps do you think or do you see that you need to take to get to that in a year and in in three to five years?
1: That's a tough one, but it's definitely the systems. You have to set and build the business so that all of the things outside of the um, physical work are really easy and seamless to do. The way that you handle um, incoming calls, people reaching out to you, the way that you handle estimating and billing, you, you need to have that stuff really buttoned down so that it doesn't come back to haunt you later and you don't have to spend time figuring it out now as your business is exploding and growing. So definitely the systems and then you have to invest in other people. You have to take the chance to hire on a person and and maybe it can go wrong. Maybe it'll go good and invest in those people and be patient because not everybody is like you. And if you, if you were like everybody else, you wouldn't be special. So be patient with these guys, give them time to develop and grow themselves and, and invest in people because they're going to be the ones that run your business. If you ever want to be on the beach, hanging out. You have to have people you trust and, and can depend on running your business. So investing in other people as well. And again, staying the course. Don't get discouraged. Make sure that you have a support system. Make sure you have something that you're going to do when you start feeling like that. You know, make sure that you have a plan in place for when things get tough. Um, and then just go for it with with all of your heart. Make sure that you put everything into it. And don't hold anything back because it's either going to work out great or it's not going to work at all. And if it doesn't work at all, you want to make sure you did everything in your power to to make this thing work. So go at it full force.
2: So you mentioned uh, like uh, like I know Alan and myself were both huge into like processes and like really planning things out, which is especially important as you grow. You add employees because um, you touched on one of like your first reasons of like your why or like something you really enjoy the big wins was the feedback you got from your clients of like, oh, wow, I really love the work that you do, the experience I had. And you as the owner have to set up your team uh, to give that same experience, maybe not the highest level that you can, but at least like 80%, right? So they can still have that great experience and come back as a repeat client. Because that's really, uh, for, for most businesses, that's where the money's at. Uh, I mean, the average homeowner needs a handyman once every quarter, every, every three months. And whenever you come in there and do a great job, they're going to call you next too. So um, what, what would you say? Uh, Cause of course, like at first, you know, when you're, you're starting to market, you're trying to get your name out there. Everybody that comes to you, like it's either a personal referral, they're a new client. So what would you say now your distribution is like of like repeat clients calling and then uh, new clients that are coming in the door?
1: So right now I think I'm in a stage where, where I'm growing right now. I'm getting a lot of new clients, a lot of random calls from people that are just finding me organically. Um, so I would say probably like 30% repeat clients and 70 to 80% new clients. But I would say the ratio that I make new clients, return clients is very high, you know, in the 80% range. Um, unless they don't like my pricing, then that's that's really the only thing that makes people not a return client of mine would be the pricing.
2: Awesome. Um, so on that note, uh if you could kind of give us like your pricing and like estimating journey. I think that's what we've been calling it, mm-hmm. the pricing okay. journey, yeah. which is always fun to, to dig into because um, everyone has had their own experience and struggles with, oh, my gosh, I have, no, I have no idea how to price. Most guys were like you, Alan, like you show up, you're like, oh, well, I think it'll be $62, <laughs> you know? Um, so if you could kind of walk, uh, walk our listeners through um, what, like how you were pricing originally, how you were estimating, and now what, what does that look like now?
1: Well, I want to say uh, one of my goals has been to narrow that down. So I'm not an expert by any means on this. But what I'm doing now that was different when I had no idea what I was doing is I'm charging a minimum. I have a minimum to come out and that's $150 in my area. That is for me to come out and typically perform the first hour of just general handyman stuff, hanging photos, changing light bulbs, things like that. So that's our minimum. And I'm making sure right now that when I have two guys on the job that that I'm charging enough. So right now I'm making sure that every hour is between $150 and $200, depending on the task that we're doing, because I know that that covers his, my, my employee's um, I guess you'd call them expenses to have the employee. And it's also making me profit. I don't know how much, but I know at the end of, of the month, I've got more money than when I started. So I'm making sure I'm charging enough. And I reason I recently raised my rates to ten fifty for a full day of work. That's just, if we're just doing miscellaneous stuff with limited supplies, now I'll use the caulking if I need to get caulking I'll use small items like that um, but I'm making sure that I charge that because it's not quite double what I was charging for myself before I had an employee at at a day rate but it's pretty close to that so I know that I'm making enough money to run the business pay the employee and come out with something but I really need to do a lot of work on that to make sure that it's right it's just That's one of my, one of my things is I I hate numbers. I was Mm -hmm. never a math guy, but, but I know the formula and I need to figure that out. But I think I'm, I'm pretty close to it. And in my market, I'm on the high end for, for my pricing, but our service is high end as well. And there are clients that pay it, you know, and those are the clients I really want to work for anyway.
2: Mm. And those are the clients that you need to uh, grow, profitably grow your, your handyman business. Uh, cause you know, you can grow it, but uh, you know, we, we come across so many owners that they work their butt off 60, 70, 80 hours a week, then don't have any money left over to invest in their business. So, uh, that's the clientele that you need to, to grow profitably. Um, do you give, uh, free estimates and, and, and like, how do you, how do you currently like estimate your jobs right now?
1: So I do give free estimates. I love pictures. I love pictures um, and descriptions. I can estimate a lot of work like that. Um, but I go out like text message. Yep. Text message. They can send me videos. They it's whatever they prefer. They can do text message or email. Um, I love that. That makes it really easy. But if I'm unsure about something, I'll set up an, a estimate. And I typically have one day that I estimate, but now that I have an employee on board, I'm free a lot more. We're getting jobs done quicker and I can go out and estimate. And then what I'll do is if I went out on person and I estimated, I'll usually throw a small charge on top of the uh, at the beginning of the bill for that. And I'm also thinking about am I going to have to drive to the store to get materials mm-hmm. first like the day before, so I'm typically adding a couple of hours right away for that kind of stuff. And then I'm estimating it kind of hourly. I think about how many hours it's going to take I think about how much I need to charge for two guys to be there an hour. And then I add that stuff up. And then honestly, when I look at the number, if for that job, it's doesn't seem like enough. Like I'll, I'll reach out to my mentor. I reach out to my mentor a lot for pricing. He helps me a lot. And he's challenged me to charge way more than I ever thought that I could get. And, um, that's kind of been my process. And I think I'm getting better at it because since I brought my employee on and raised my rates, I seem to have a little bit more money. So I think things are kind of, I should have done that a long time ago, but better late than never.
2: So it sounds like though, like you, you, you kind of, whenever you actually show up for the estimate, you do it for free, but if they accept the job, you kind of tack a little estimate charge on, on, the, on top of it, huh?
1: Well, you have to, you know, you're out, you're spending your time, you're spending your fuel, you're spending your energy. You have to now. If they don't um, approve the estimate, it was a free estimate, you know. But if they hire me, all of that time has to be accounted for. Or, like you said, at the end of the week, you've worked sixty hours and you're really only getting paid for forty of them. So mm-hmm. that's important as as the business owner.
0: Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, I, th- I think it's huge, and I know that we've had many, many conversations about this, Brian. About you know pricing, and it really. Uh, at the end comes to what your expenses are, you know, and and the only way to know that exactly for sure is to, well, what I tell people is, you know, print out the last three months of bank statements and get different colored highlighters and start highlighting things and putting them in categories to figure out exactly what your expenses are. And then, you know, adding on profit and things like that on top of that. Um, But I think that's definitely something, you know, that's something that we've talked about. Uh, to get things, you know, more dialed in. Because it's, it's one thing to see your bank account grow every month, and that's great, right? We all want that. But to actually be confident that it will grow every single month is a, is a completely different thing. So uh, I would challenge everyone listening, you know, to actually take some time out, you know, write out, figure out what your estimate or what your uh, expenses are. <laughs> Maybe this is geared a little bit towards Brian, but I'll make it towards the rest of the audience. <laughs> Um, it's something that we've talked about a lot. So this isn't new to Brian. Um, but, uh, so important to figure out what your expenses are so that you can make sure you're charging exactly what you need to charge and making a profit exactly what you need to make. So.
2: Yeah. And I want to plug too, uh, we're about to release uh, uh, our interview with Chris Olson with Pacific Home Maintenance. And he talks about this for about five or 10 minutes about Mm -hmm. how he um, really knows his numbers and actually builds his annual profit into his pricing um, and and estimating. So um, if you guys haven't, if you're tuning into this, then that one is out uh, Mm -hmm. with Chris Olson, episode three. So tune into that. There's a section where he talks about it that's directly related to this and he breaks things down. In in detail uh, of just really knowing your numbers, so it's some good information that he dropped for everybody. Yeah, w-
0: when he talks about it, you kind of got to rewind it a little bit because he's like, "Whoa, like there's a lot of information." So yeah, definitely yeah, <laughs> for sure. That's well, great. that's
1: kind of one of my goals, is like you said on the last business builders group, is you need to be spending an hour on the business. So that's something that I'm going to be doing and probably checking out that podcast because I'm very fortunate right now. My fiance works full time and she's able to cover a lot of her own expenses. And there's going to come a day where that's not the case. So I need to be prepared for that. And I need to start charging that like now so that we can build to that. And when she comes on full time, it's not so much of a, you know, scramble.
0: Mm-hmm. That That's very true. Because like when I started, my wife didn't work, right? So all of our family expenses were on me, you know, so my price was and is quite a bit higher than, you know, the rest of other handymen around my area. And that's just the way it is, you know. So I think it's important to to figure that out and to know that. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think I think definitely you, as a business, you should be spending at least an hour a week working on your business because, uh, we, you know, you need to work in the business. Obviously, that's how you make the money, you know. But uh, we can be so busy working in the business that we never work on the business, you know. Um, there's a, there's an awesome saying for that, but I, it it escapes me at the moment, but, um, you know, we need to work on the business in order for it to grow. And that's the only way it's going to grow.
2: Yeah. I I encourage people to take a day out of, if you're, you know, doing it full time, take a day every month. Um, for me, it's the last Friday of every month and I block it out. And that's when I look at processes, look at kind of all the stuff that you, you you just don't look at throughout the entire month. Right. It's, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, there's, there's this. Thing that one of my coaches talks about a lot the four quadrants of uh, quadrant. One is urgent and important quadrant two is important, but not urgent. And then, you know, you have urgent, but not important and then not urgent, not important. And it's, <laughs> it's often the quadrant two where it's important, but not urgent. It gets pushed off into eternity. And so looking at what are those items that are, you know, they're super important, but it's so easy to push back. All those items are, are usually like working on your business, building out processes, looking at your finances, um, you know, all the things to be more profitable and, and better serve your clients and better serve your employees.
0: I really like that idea, Jason, of, yeah, instead of trying to fit in an hour a week, right, because you get busy with work, with work and this and that, and you, you end up, you know, working late or whatever, but actually, you know, chalking out a day, a month, I think that makes a lot more sense it's, and probably easier it's for people freeing. to do. Like yeah.
2: mentally for me, it's very freeing yeah. and I look forward to it. When I see it on my calendar, I'm like, you know, cause it's Friday, it's the end of the week and mm-hmm. it's, wow, I get to wake up and, um, you know, I have no call scheduled, no, you know, mm-hmm. no jobs for you guys, all this, all this stuff, uh, <laughs> different businesses, obviously, but it's freeing to have you have that freedom. You take care of the tasks that you know need done. Um, and then you also give yourself that freedom to be creative. Um, because that's all business owners are creative, you know. Mm-hmm. You, you start something brand new out of thin air. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's creativity, um, which we're all made to do, I think. But uh, I think it's freeing to carve out a whole day. Mm-hmm.
1: Definitely, I like that idea. Because you, you, an hour a day or an hour a week, you can only get so much done. But if you set aside a whole day, and throughout that month, you bullet point some stuff that you want to do that day, you can get a lot done.
2: Hundred mm-hmm. percent. So I know we've got like seven minutes. And I know one thing, if it's okay with with you guys, uh, I want to ask Brian about is the home watch service. Mm-hmm. And the reason being is we talked with uh, Paul Pacheco, at PJP Handyman, and he has a whole niche of dryer vent cleaning. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've talked with other guys. They have just their own niches for kind of like, of course they do handyman work, but they also have this really like core offshoot service that they do high with like extreme profit. Cause mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's super efficient. So, um, if, if you don't mind talking a bit about the home watch service, I'm pretty intrigued with, with that whole business line. You're the only one I know that has handyman and home watch.
1: Yeah. So in, in my area, there's tons of seasonal residents, snowbirds, they come down for half the year, then they're gone for half the year. And a lot of the times they'll come back home and there's major issues. Their appliances are not working. There's been roof leaks and now the ceiling's damaged. There's or the other contractors that they've hired haven't been doing their job that they've been being paid to do. So that's something that's kind of really specific to this area. Um, people in other states might not understand it, but what they do is they hire a home watch service to come in. They typically come in once a, once a week and we perform a checklist checking all the different areas, all the different systems to make sure everything's functioning properly. And if there is an issue, they can most home watch services. In my area, it's typically like somebody, like you said, that does something else, like some landscape companies will offer it, some cleaning ladies will offer it, um, different services will offer it. Um, but what makes me different and sets me apart from them is, let's say we go into your house and there is an issue. Not only Are we going to just call somebody else to come fix that issue? But we have the ability to A, make a lot of those repairs ourselves and B, mitigate other damage because we understand Mm. the way a home works. We understand if we leave this leak in your ceiling that your wood floors could be damaged too. So we mitigate damages. We put out buckets and tarps and all those types of things. And then since I'm linked up with my business mentor, I now have the ability to complete all of the repairs within my network so you only Mm -hmm. have to deal with me yeah there might be other contractors coming in and out but i will facilitate that and you know that these are trusted contractors that i trust so it makes it more of that all-in-one service and i'm sure other home watch services are great and they're probably really wonderful people but i'm not sure if they all have the ability to handle Mm -hmm. situations head-on like we do And I've been training my fiance to do those home watch checks so that on her day off every week, she's out doing all of our home watch checks. Hmm. And that's made it really profitable having her do it.
2: Hmm. Dude, you need to just, we could send you that snippet and just like have your fiance walk up to people and just play that video if they have a seasonal (laughs) house. Cause yeah. I almost want a seasonal house just right, to hire you guys right. to do that. I'm sold. <laughs> I'm, I'm Let's buying a house it, in man. Florida. That's it.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. And I've done some videos on my Facebook, um, on like, you know, not Facebook Live, but on your story and stuff with mm-hmm. that whole spiel. And it's really it, it's really the truth of the matter. You know, and, and I get a lot of my home watch clients. We don't have a ton of them, we have about a handful. Um and, and I've got them through being a handyman. First, they hire me for mm. to be a handyman. They say, oh, you do home watch? Well, we're leaving in two months. So I, <laughs> Perfect, I work them up yeah. a contract and, and there we go. And I've been able to get contractors like my roofing contractor, a full re-roof while my clients were gone. I've been able to do multiple things at people's homes and make sure that, like I said, the other contractors are doing their job because you'd be surprised. Mm.
2: Mm-hmm. you should look into uh if you haven't yet like hoas uh any kind of marketing through like brochures or something in hoas or uh retirement communities i imagine that you know i don't know the the actual makeup the communities of your home watch clients but kind of getting to that niche like micro advertising within those communities would be because i think it's a service that most of those people if it's a seasonal house they have the high disposable income and mm-hmm. you, you've shown that pitch and you know they're 50% of them at least are gonna buy that. Yeah. So, anyway, just, well, just uh just a thought.
1: No, absolutely. And and my fiance and I, because she's so excited about it. She loves it. You know, that's her favorite day of the week. And we've been saying like we need to get more home watch clients and we're we're looking into direct mailing so that we can get into these communities. Um, because it's it's very difficult in in, in my experience getting in front of these HOA boards. A lot of them are like they're we don't Solicit. We don't off. We don't try to recommend services to our clients. It's all on them, you know. So do direct mailings and things like that. So that's what we're looking into next. As nice. um and keeping that home watch in all of my advertising. Make sure that they know that we offer that. Putting it on my truck. Putting it on my trailer. Things like that. And
2: your business name. Yeah, and my business name that you guys. <laughs>
1: Back me into a corner about but (laughs) i loved it man it's it's those challenges that make you understand why you're doing something why you came up with what you've come up with and then um adjust to make sure Mm -hmm. like that in particular made me like micro focused on my um getting referrals and not referrals getting reviews to get up on that um google page because it was rougher for me without handyman in Mm -hmm. the um in the title so that was that was probably the best thing that could have happened for the home watch division
0: mm-hmm. definitely yeah for for uh people listening that don't know what we're talking about uh what was it, <laughs> last year yeah last year we had a meeting with uh brian and we talked about his his name in particular and about ranking in google and things like that and how he'd rank a lot higher and get more visibility online if he had handyman in his name you know if he was just complete you know, maintenance and handyman or something like that and drop the home watch, right? And he was in a place where he had to defend the home watch. And I, I'm so grateful and honored by that because it's like <laughs> so cool. I think it, it really establishes that that first thing you said about have a why and know it, right? is like no like this is what this is what needs to happen for my business you know and so i think that's so cool and i'm i'm really excited that you stood by that mm. and with that it did require you to you know buckle down on a few other things get more reviews so that you could start ranking since you didn't have handyman in your name but I think I think that was awesome and that was a really cool conversation so
2: yeah, yeah. just to drive that home too that's really just a short term solution like having handyman your name like mm-hmm. any new business uh, that's my recommendation uh, it's it's how Google classifies it but it is more short term because in the long term you can you know medium to long term you can rank for handyman without that in your business name right certainly um, it's it's but for new businesses, it's a short term like win uh, as far as visibility. Mm-hmm. Just not to confuse everyone, I don't <laughs> want people panicking out there like I need to go change my business name. I've been in business for twenty right. years. <laughs> and like, whoa, whoa, calm down, calm
0: down. Yeah, yeah, um, it, it, everyone's in a different boat too, you know. So it, that's why it's so hard to give blanketed statements like that because it's like everyone's in a different boat. And I think uh, that's something cool that Brian saw from the get go. He's like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm in a different boat, you know. And and I think that's really cool. Um, So just to kind of round us out, Brian, so uh, do you have any last advice or tips that you would give to fellow handyman business owners, whether just starting out or been in business for a little while?
1: Make sure you're surrounding yourself with people that are doing the same things you're doing and going the same places you're going. That is, I would say, the most important. Besides like your mindset, get your mind around, this is going to be hard, but I'm going to stick it out and put yourself around people that you can learn from, you know, at first you're going to be nervous. You're going to feel out of place, but the more reps you get in, go into those places, (laughs) putting yourself out there, the better you're going to feel and and you'll have more confidence. And that's, that's what I'm preaching right now is, you know, have that confidence, know what, know what your goal is and and be clear about it. Um, Mm -hmm. But make sure you have people around you because my support system throughout my entire life, is is what's got me to where I'm at, and it continues to grow, and and I'm very grateful for that.
0: Mm-hmm. That's huge. That's huge. And, and uh, just to kind of round this out, I uh, wanted to, you know, throw a little uh, little plug in there. Uh, I would recommend anyone listening to this to go check out Brian Davis on YouTube. has a fantastic YouTube channel.
2: Please um, and talks thank about,
0: you. Yes. Talks about everything from, you know, anxiety to OCD to running a business to, you know, being a family man. So uh, definitely I would recommend you go connect with him there. He he will also be in our um, Handyman Success Mastermind group on Facebook, so if you have any questions at all for Brian, uh, he's absolutely a phenomenal guy to connect with. So join that Facebook group, get connected with
2: him. Uh, Jason, do you have anything else to uh, say before we head out? Uh- no, I mean, handyman success group, uh, handyman journey on Facebook. If you're not plugged in there, that's like your community that's right there waiting for you. Brian's got your mindset dose from an yeah. actual handyman. Like yeah. that is so niche, man. There's, uh, it's, it's awesome. So I know Alan preaches a lot of, you know, <laughs> keeping your head on the right, on, on, on right. Cause at the end of the day, like our businesses, it's an inside out of leadership. And so, you know, when we're dialing in to our, our own hearts, our own, like how we're taking care of ourselves and our family, that, that, that outputs into our business and into our customers and into our bank accounts. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I think Brian nailed it, man. Get you surround yourself with like-minded people that are there to support you and take care of yourself.
0: Yeah. I love yep. it. So thank you so much. This has been uh, the Handyman Success Podcast. We appreciate each and every one of you listening. Uh, Thank you so much for being here, Brian. We are honored to know you and be on this journey with you. So thank you so much.
1: Same. I'm so honored. Thank you guys.
0: You're welcome. Have a great day. We'll see y'all later.